0: Welcome to the Thoughts Uncovered podcast by Voyage Manchester. I am your host, Beck Simmons. I am a mindset coach and hypnotherapist, helping others on their mental wellbeing and self-development journeys, while still very much on my own journey of self-discovery and self-awareness. This is an open, non-judgmental space where myself and others will be sharing their journeys and experiences, discussing all things mental health, self-development and mindset. Things are about to get a little bit deep, But I am here to shed a light, to remind each other we aren't alone. We are all living this shared human experience. It's actually one thing we all have in common. Despite our differences, like physical health, we all have mental health. And although not everyone will experience a mental illness within their lifetime, because we are all on this crazy journey called life, we may all struggle with our mental health from time to time. In this episode of Thoughts Uncovered, I'm joined by Del. He's a sports content creator, but more importantly, a huge mental health advocate. I am very grateful that he is willing to share his story with us today, and I really hope you enjoy the episode. Hey guys, I'm back with another episode of Thoughts Uncovered. Today we're joined by Del. Um, we've connected over Instagram recently, and we found a common ground with talking about mental health and the importance of it. And we thought it would be a really good idea for him to come on today and speak a little bit about his journey with mental health. Um, so yeah, hi, Del.
1: Yeah, so I'm Del, I'm 29 years old. Um, most people might not know who I am, but uh, I work in the sport content world. Um, my journey with mental health kind of, I'd say in all honesty began a lot through COVID. Um, I could see signs of myself suffering before that, but I didn't really face my fears and face my problems head on until, I would say, until the lockdown had started. So um, I'd say lockdown was probably the hardest sign, but also the most eye-opening experience for uh, for myself. I found a lot about myself. I had to have some uncomfortable conversations where um, I had to kind of take a look in the mirror and say, why am I not happy um, even when things are going well for me? So it's been a, um, a rollercoaster journey, but um, I'm here to speak about it to uh, hopefully help some people along the way.
0: Amazing. So when you said, obviously COVID was a bit of a turning point for you, um, what was it that you found you were struggling with then at that point? Like where did that feeling of un- unhappiness come from?
1: So I think a lot of the time I was looking for validation in. And a lot of other people that I shouldn't have really been looking for validation in. Um, I was looking for it in colleagues, in relationships I was unhappy in. Um, but when really and truly you kind of, I think the most important thing is to look for validation in yourself and to realize why aren't you happy and what are the things that are making you happy essentially. And for me, I found the biggest struggle during lockdown was the social side of things. Like, mm. I might not be able to see my friends every weekend, but having the opportunity to to be there kind of started to make me feel very enclosed and kind of trapped with my thoughts, if I'm being honest. Um, so over time I just had to kind of address my issues head on. I'll be honest. Um, it was a really tough time at the start. I really suffered with it. um, um, but coming out the other side of it, um, I couldn't be prouder of me and all of my friends and all the people out there that kind of went through that journey during lockdown and came out the other side because, um, you have, to, you have to admire strength at the end of the day and to face your problems head on and come out the other side is takes a lot of bravery.
0: For sure, for sure. I think um, for a lot of people, you know, it was a time where because we literally couldn't do anything at all, it forced us to stay inside and be with ourselves. And and I don't know about you, I don't know if you were living alone, but I know a lot of people lived alone at that time. Um, but even if, if you weren't living alone, I guess, you know, being, in one place, not really being able to go outside, not really being able to do anything or or connect with others as much. It really forced a lot of people to go within, didn't it? Um, And so I think in a way it was a blessing in disguise disguise because I think we'll probably never ever in our lifetime get another like amount, that amount of time, again, I think to go so within, do you know what I mean, like like forced to go so within.
1: Yeah, no, completely like for me, a bit of a background on myself. So during the first lockdown, I was studying sports science, um, in my final year at university. Um, and I kind of come to a crossroads. I'd just come out of a relationship. Um, so it was like a bit of a time where I had to really dig deep and find out what I wanted to do and what, why, what I, I don't want to say what, I, what to expect from myself, but more like that sort of open my eyes to the world is very big out there. But if you concentrate on what is very close to you, the rest of it will come later. Because I think sometimes people, they look, essentially like they look at a celebrity, for example, and they say, oh, he's got this car and this and that. There is a journey to get to that place. And I feel like, for me, lockdown was that journey. Mm. Um, so, I, I, again, I was studying sports science, and I came to a it was like I had to really look at what made me happy um the things in which I enjoyed. So speaking about football is something that um, I know me and you over Instagram have given each other a bit of a, a, bit of a joke here and there from City and United, but um, I think it's been something that's been really positive um, for me, especially like going from like the biggest social part of my life, I would say on a week to week basis is like the group chat with my friends, giving each other, stick about how each other's teams played and whatever else and it just I don't really for me that was the biggest thing that I suffered from it was like I can't go to my friends and talk to them about whatever we would be speaking about on a week-to-week basis and I feel like not just me but I think a lot of men suffered from that part and they said that it, it, it was a really difficult time but I think I then spent after having those difficult conversations I started to come out the other side and It was like, now what do I want to do? I want to talk about football. I want to work in sports media. How can I get there? And it was basically a lot of knocking on unanswered doors and uh, Mm. kind of putting my CV into a lot of places. But I'd say over the past 18 months, things have really started to do well for me. And I think that's only because of the work I put in during lockdown. I feel like you have to build your foundation and your happiness within yourself. Um, And once you kind of find that place and you are like, I don't mean content in a negative because some people use the word content in a negative way. I think it shouldn't always be like used in such a bad way. It's like if you're content, you're happy, you're at peace. And mm-hmm. I think once you find that inner peace and you're in your calm and you're collected, I feel like the opportunity render this for you, you can really surprise yourself.
0: Yeah. How how did you find that then? How did you find that inner peace, that contentment? Like if, if someone here is listening and maybe they're struggling now with the way you were feeling during lo- lockdown what would your advice be to them um to kind of go within and find that that inner peace
1: something in which i did uh, which because i don't know if it'll be a tool that will work for everyone but um but write down how you're feeling the pros mm-hmm. the cons and really have that deeper conversation with yourself and say why am i not happy it's, and look at the things that do make you happy, even when you're in your darkest times there are things that are still kind of may not necessarily put a smile on your face, it will be a bit uplifting. So kind of focus on the good at first because I feel like when we're in that space, it's very easy to concentrate on negative things. Um, It's it's a really difficult time for a lot of us, obviously. And I feel like in the beginning, I was just focused on, A, going through a bad breakup, B, how like to be honest, how to numb myself to not feel like that anymore, and C, was I'm in my final year of university, the degree that I'm enjoying, but I know I'm not going to be passionate about How can I address those three things? And those were the three things in which I kind of highlighted as to what I needed to change. Because the first was, if I'm going to university and this is going to be a career for the rest of my life, I may not necessarily want to be aesthetically happy all the time, but I want to be able to be passionate about what I'm working at. Because I feel like when that inner passion comes out, your creativity is endless. And I think that's something in which I've found within myself finding a social way to interact with your friends without seeing them all the time. I think that's something in which has been super important for me. We have a group chat. Um, me and my friends speak quite regularly. Um, I've actually reconnected with a lot of my friends from my hometown, um, over recent times. And they have been probably one of the most important factors in me kind of changing my life around because something in which we always said was we grew up in quite a rough area. And you see a lot of these people now where they're, they're not from rough areas and they're from quite, I would say they're quite middle-class places trying to act a certain type of way, dress a certain type of way. And like, you look at them and it's, it's almost almost embarrassing at times because it's like, why would you want to make yourself feel like you have less when the people who are struggling to get out of those areas are doing their best to do so. So, I'm to be honest, I'm just proud of myself. I know that sounds a bit egotistical to say that, but um, it was a really, I'll be honest, it was a really, it was a really difficult journey and I know it was a difficult journey for a lot of my friends as well so I know if some of them might be listening so I'm proud of them as well.
0: I love that, I love that and for you like if you don't mind talking about it um how did that journey kind of pan out for you like what what got you from where you were to where you are now?
1: I would say speaking I used to be someone who wasn't very comfortable speaking and I don't know a lot of people might struggle to speak to their friends or speak to strangers because there isn't a blueprint. And I think that's the thing that people need to remember. There isn't a blueprint of the way in which you might deal with things and the way in which I might deal with things would be completely different, but we can all advise and try and help each other in our own way. Mm -hmm. So, um, one of my friends was suffering quite a bit and I know that his way of dealing with things is to joke and to distract. Uh, So, you kind of go along with him with that, and you kind of let him make his jokes and kind of smile. But you always, its almost like our way of keeping an armour over his shoulder, if that makes sense. Mm. Um, and I think everyone's got to kind of find their way of coping because, trust me, there isn't a blueprint. I've tried to like apply the things in which I did to my friends and say write things down and a lot of breathing techniques and things like that, and it works to an extent. But it won't be exactly the same. Everyone is built different. Our brains were all wired up differently. And I feel like one that's the biggest thing to realise is you've got you are everyone's on their own journey. It's mm. everyone needs to find their own way of coping and their own way of kind of facing their emotions if that makes sense. Like I was someone who like I was very fearful of my own emotions and I think lockdown really made me face those and I've become a lot more comfortable since lockdown with being with my emotions, kind of facing them head on
0: yeah yeah no you're right and and everybody does have their own way of coping and that's why um you know if something because i think sometimes people see these things online or get given advice and then they're like why is this not working for me but it could just be that you've just not found the thing yet that does work for you so it's like don't give up trying because there will be something that will help you there will be something that um you know will make you feel better it's just finding that right thing for you Um, and I think like you said going within allows you to really get to know yourself because I think from a young age we're conditioned aren't we and I think um, we get told a lot about ourselves or we get told a lot about um, how we should be or what we should do and how we should act and I think sometimes if you don't always have a very strong relationship with yourself. that can really affect the way that we are. And we can end up maybe living a certain way that's out of alignment with really our true self. Um, So I think probably what happened for you, and you can correct me if if I'm wrong, is that, you know, that time gave you the space to be able to really connect back to to who you are and discover yourself without, I guess, the conditions of everything, um, you know, around you.
1: No, I think that's true. And I think something in which I look back on, it's a very modern term. So I don't know if people might have heard it a lot, but we, we probably call it code switching in which mm-hmm. you change who you are to appear different in different social professional situations. And that for me is probably one of the things that had the most effect on me is that I was trying so hard to be somebody else that I completely forgot who I was and I think that's the saddest part is that when you are so focused on shying away from who you are as a person it's so sad because I look back and I was like why, why was I like that like no one told me to do it it's what I deemed was the right thing to do and it's all—it's quite sad And but to come out the other side and be like look I'm from a, I'm from South London I'm not embarrassed about it i'm happy about the friends in which i've grown up i'm happy with the friends i've got now i've never i never look back on past relationships or past friendships as a mistake i think everything needs to be seen as a learning curve but i used to almost pride myself on never making a mistake whereas now i pride myself on learning from a mistake and i think that's the real difference is that you come away from Lockdown, and you'll realise that nobody's perfect. Like it isn't as e it isn't as easy as everyone makes out. Like it's like you said, you're conditioned from a young age. I remember being at school, and everyone said, "You're like 14 years old. What do you want to do for your GCSEs?" By the time you finish your first year of GCSEs, it's what do you want to do for A-level? You're like three weeks into your A-levels, mm-hmm. and everyone's like, well, "Where? Do you, what do you want to do at university? Where do you want to go?" And you're like, "Come on, like in a three-year period, you've been pointed in a million different directions of what to do." So that was the real eye opener for me was to step away from everyone else's short sort of pointing and I call it advice, but it's not advice. It's it, I, everyone advises on what they think, yeah. And I think that's the worst. Like, how are you meant to advise someone on them because you've never like you could be twins and you still down to the very core might not know each other as on a deeper level as you know yourself. And I think that's that's the biggest thing here is that like for me is uh, very openly, like I suffered with a lot of drug abuse. I smoked a lot of weed to kind of numb myself. And once I started to step away from that and kind of have those difficult conversations with myself, that's when I started to make the most realizations as like, what does make me happy? And sort of having that inner peace like that we've spoken about. And when you have that, like, I, I don't even know how to explain it but the feeling of the weight lifted from your shoulders when you feel like you're not trying to be someone else, you're happy and you're content with who you are, it almost it literally felt like a weight lifted from my shoulders because I felt mm-hmm. like I don't have to pretend anymore. And When you're pretending, it's, it's not just weighing on you emotionally, it weighs on you physically. Like You look different, you act different, you're snappy. Like There's so many things that come along with this, but mm-hmm. at the time, I didn't see it, but it all come from a slight change in my personality that I was working so hard to almost become part of who I am that in the long run it actually just had more of an adverse effect on
0: yeah well yeah i guess um you know it it's a lot harder to try and not be who you are than to actually just be yourself isn't it so of course it's going to have more of an effect on you because you're actively working against yourself each day against who who you are at the core do you know what i mean um, but I was going to ask a question before, and I forgot what I was going to say. There was something that you said that I found really interesting and it's it slipped from my mind, but I'll come back to it um, when I remember. But this whole self-discovery journey that you went on, like did this come kind of from your own back or did you like, did someone guide you there? Because I know like when I start working with a lot of clients, Um, one thing that I start off with is self-discovery because I feel like there's certain questions we just don't really ever sit down and ask ourselves because you know even things like you know what are my best qualities like things like that sometimes it can feel really uncomfortable to sit and talk about because it's like oh I've never really thought about this do you know what I mean so like yeah were you guided to that point or is this something that you just felt drawn to do I
1: think a few things come into play with it I think firstly I'm very lucky in the people that have surrounded me. Like, I can't, I don't want to name my friends' names just because I know some of them are teachers and stuff. So they, they might get in trouble for it. So <laughs> I say, so I'll keep <laughs> their names out of it. Um, but the thing in which I was very lucky, like I got in the first lockdown, I'd just gone through a breakup. Yeah, I was living with my best friend, and his girlfriend is also one of my very good friends. And I would say they didn't have to say anything. But the action spoke enough to me in the sense of like, we're here if you want to talk, if you want to like go for a walk or anything. I think that's something that was such a great tool, like because I was someone at the time who I wasn't very open to speaking straight away and it took time by being in that situation. And then I'm, I moved back home with my mom um, just for my final year of university because it was like, I'm in lockdown. I'm essentially gonna be stuck in four walls. What am I really doing here? Mm. Um and I just wanted some I noticed that like it just I wanted some comfort around because when you're in that mindset like, that one of the worst things to put yourself into an uncomfortable situation because the smallest imbalance in everything can really throw you off. And coming out the other side I would say the biggest things were surround yourself with very good people and people who they don't care about the you've been through basically sorry i don't know if you're allowed to swear no you can one.
0: swear <laughs> it's fine um
1: but yeah so just surround yourself with people who give a shit. secondly is to always have conversations with yourself and mm. everyone will say this everyone is a big advocate for things like cbt cbt worked for me It might not work for the next person, but there's so many different tools out there. And it's about finding that comfort with yourself. And I think the big, the biggest thing that kickstarted the journey was having friends around me, but then also having those conversations with yourself. And I think it's a balance of those two. It's like having people around you that is in that situation. You don't need an arm over your shoulder. That's not what you need. What you need is someone to kind of, when your face is in the mud to kind of pull you out and say, I'm here, if you need anything. That could uh, that can be said in so many different ways, and I think that's the most important thing. Is that if you are someone who knows someone who's suffering from mental health, um, think of be considerate with how you approach it. Because turning around to someone being like, "I can see you're suffering from mental health," is p- not probably the right, right way to go about it. Where I've had friends have been like, "Oh, you seem like you've been depressed lately." I'm like, when someone says that to your face, it doesn't feel nice. It is. Mm. 'Cause you're there, you're almost like I'm trying to do better and then people just seeing how, seeing the whole negative side of things. So but yeah, surrounding yourself with good people and having those conversations, like for me though, those conversations I still have to this day. It's just like I have a notepad that's got probably a million doodles in it of everything that you could ever think of and little scribbles here and there. The biggest thing that I always do is at the beginning of every week I write a word in which I want to achieve for the week. So it might be Progression. It might be self-development. It, whatever it may be, but I then make almost like a spider diagram. It, I spider diagram it, and I'm going right. So progression. What do I want to progress? And I want to progress in work. I want to eat better this week. I want to do more exercise. I want to do this. I want to do that. And I think those small journeys and those small goals actually accumulate to the bigger picture. And I think that's what we all seem to forget is that. We sometimes we focus so much on that bigger picture is that we really forget about those small wins for ourselves and those small wins can feel like big wins <laughs> like i'll be honest like the first week i didn't smoke for i would say the first three days i couldn't sleep suffering with my sleep couldn't do anything and then by the end of the week i was like wait it's been a week it doesn't even feel like it's a week. <laughs> Whereas well, that like the first two days felt like a month so mm. It all swings in roundabouts. so to use a cliche saying, but um, it's just I want to. I feel like the biggest thing appreciate the journey you're on. You're on it for a reason. I always say, um, and kind of once you come out the other side, you'll feel so much better.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I think that's something you said there about the small, the small things and the small steps, and celebrating your your small wins. I mean, I don't even like calling them small wins because I feel like every win is a win. Do you know what I mean? Like um and you you are right i think we get caught up a lot in the long-term goals of everything and obviously it's really good to have big goals but i think what keeps you on the path and keeps you balanced and keeps you present as well and grounded um are the the smaller steps aren't they um because otherwise we can get so lost in you know what could be in the future instead of seeing like what is in the now um and I think it's really good that you celebrate those small wins that's something that I like to do I've got um so my friend Emily she has um developed this philosophy called portal of receiving um so what I do is I've got a list on my phone and like every time I feel like I've received in some way and it doesn't have to mean like um in like a monetary way, it can be any kind of way. And um, I write those down as well. And that's another way of like, I guess being grounded in what's happening for you right now. Um, so yeah, when like writing down your wins, writing down your gratitudes, or writing down the things that you uh, are noticing that you're receiving, I think are really nice things to do to keep you, you grounded. And also I think keeping your mindset in that like, positive vibration in a sense. Cause I think, you know, it's, it's hard if you're suffering with depression or you're really struggling it is sometimes hard to see any good around you isn't it um but I think if you can try and like implement just small things into your daily practice it can help you try and at least see some good in each day do you know what I mean
1: yeah I think like you said those small wins I don't like calling them smaller because it It's just a very cliche way of speaking about them. It's like someone who can't even bring themselves to go outside to go to the shop might be deemed, in quotation marks, a small win, but for them, that could be the biggest win there ever is. That's the first step of being on their journey to recovery and to journey to finding that inner peace again. And I think that's the most important thing is that when you are on that journey, it's appreciate each step, be proud of yourself, like, I would look in the mirror and say, oh, well, I'm not, I'm not getting from A to Z. Celebrate B, C, D, <laughs> like celebrate each step because each of those steps is just chipping at that block, chipping at that. And I always could chip away. One of my good friends, Jack, he is one of the most clued up people on earth. He isn't a very emotional speaker, but he has very smart ways of making analogies to things. He always says to me is that. Like, you might not be able to change everything in that moment, but you can always chip away. So it might be, for example, for me, um, I wanted to change jobs last year. Um, something in which I did, I then, I'm really happy in my role in which I'm in now, but at the time it was so scary for me because I've become so comfortable. So my first thing was, I'm going to redo my CV. But then you're like, oh, do I want my CV to look? How do I want this to be done? How do I want that? And you start like for someone who's an overthinker, which I'll hold my hands up and say I'm a big overthinker. That then turned into ten different tasks for me. Was All right. I need to research loads of different CVs. I need to research which digital media ones work, which ones don't. Any patterns? I need to look across TikTok. I need to look across Instagram. I need to look across LinkedIn. I need to understand everything about this. And then I ended up getting a role and which I was almost a bit taken aback by because I was like, oh, wait. So all of those little things that I did have now got me to where I wanted to be. And I think that's what we all need to remember is you forget about that in the long run of things is you might be suffering at the time, but something as simple as going to the shops, speaking to your friends about it, even you having a diary or whatever it may be, that might not feel like something big at the time, but when you look back, it could actually turn out to be the turning point in all of your luck changing and the way in which you're feeling and becoming happy in yourself again.
0: Yeah. Cause I think sometimes we don't always see the instant results, do we? So sometimes it can feel like, Oh, are these small things that I'm doing, are they even, do they matter? Are they even working? Um, and it's not only until later on when you look back, it's like, oh, yeah, all those little things that I was doing, all the smaller steps that I was taking have have turned out into this one big thing. Um, and I think that kind of is something to be encouraged by, that it might only feel like you're making really small steps in anything that you're doing, whether it's your healing journey or, you know, your steps onto the career that you want or whatever it is, but all of that will matter. It'll all form the path, do you know what I mean?
1: And I think that's what we need to remember is that The journey you might start on might not be the one that you end you could end up in in a different part of happiness like i never wanted to be a sport content creator like it was never any it it wasn't a dream of mine i used to look at people and think how do you get paid to speak on youtube and tv about football like that is an absolute scam um but then you you then start to discover things yourself and you start to discover what you're good at what you're bad at and speaking to they have never really been shy speaking to camera or speaking about mental health. And I think I've done a lot of work with charities when I was at university and like whether that might be with mental health or homelessness, nothing. The thing that we all seem to forget is that your tools can be used as something positive it, and that doesn't always necessarily have to be in a selfish way. Is that if you can use your tools to help someone like a prime example of this is one of my good friends who I work with, he was, so when I worked at, um, in media C, Um, I know you will know where media city is, um, (laughs) (laughs) um, so I was working up there and he was one of the runners. Um, so he was making everyone's teasing, one of the nicest people you will ever meet, um, he's now a really successful writer in the sports world. And there's a reason for that is that he knuckled down and he knew that at the end of the lockout, I mean, he had a choice where he could go one way and kind of just stumble along the way or he could put 150% effort into his craft and he has. And the man in which he's come out the other side is like, I don't want to say proud because it makes it almost sound a bit like I'm tapping on the head, but I, I feel like you should celebrate your friend's wins. And I think that's such an important thing is that when you're celebrating your wins together, it's so amazing.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, this is something I was literally writing in my notes before about um, celebrating other people's wins because I think sometimes we can look at other people and people around us and we go into that comparison mindset, can't we? Like, it can be like, oh, you know, they're doing this, they're doing this. And it can kind of make you feel, I don't know, a little bit like, am I doing the right thing or am I, am I behind, whatever it is. But actually sometimes we just need to come back to the fact that we've got to celebrate their wins right now because ours are coming do you know what I mean? And then we can celebrate mine when mine arrive.
1: That's the thing. I'm from I'm. I always have to say I'm all my, my friends' biggest cheerleader. I know that sounds <laughs> of, um, I don't think many people want to imagine me in with some pom-poms <laughs> in my hand as entertaining as that would probably <laughs> be, mate. Um, but the thing in which I always say is that you should always celebrate your friends' wins because it's like you don't know what that win means to them. like, And then someone who suffered, like when you have those small wins, they can really push you on. And whether it's a big win or small, whatever it is, it's that, like I always say, everything has a turning point. You can call it the butterfly effect in which it will have a, an effect really far down the line. Or, or when you celebrate together and you celebrate as a unit, it's almost euphoric because it's like the people in which I choose to surround myself with are doing well how can that not make you happy and when you yeah. reflect and look at that and you're like it's pretty messed up for me to not be celebrating this because
0: yeah
1: it's like they're the people you choose to be around it's not like your friends I know it's a cliche thing I'm saying your friends are the family you choose but if you're choosing to surround yourself with these people you want them to do as well as possible you want to push them to do as far well and one of my good friends, Nick, he's one He's one of the most successful people I know of, the, of his own back. And he always says, this, it's just like, I don't want to be successful for me. I want to be successful for me and everyone around me. And I think that's such a great mindset to have is that when you have success, it doesn't need to be a solo thing. It can be a collective. We're all winning together. And I think once you, once you open up that space, the possibilities are in a huge you find yourself looking at your friends rather than with comparison, but with admiration. And I think when you do that, mm. you're onto a really good place. Because I don't ever look at my friends and say you're doing better than me. I always think, how could I help you if I can? And I think that's the way. It's mm. like we might we can all help each other a little bit. And if you help the people close, if you can't help the people closest to you, who can you help in those situations?
0: Yeah and i think it's like looking to to the people around you and if if something is triggering you because sometimes it does doesn't it like you know sometimes we can feel jealous or we can have these like feelings that can feel quite negative and that's that's only human you know it happens but it's about well what what is that telling me it could just mean that maybe something that they've got is something that we want so instead of looking at them in a negative way it's like okay how can I be inspired by them how can I maybe following their footsteps in a sense like what what are they doing that I would like to be doing and again it can be a signal to actually look within so even if you are getting like more negative feelings around seeing other people win around you um or jealousy might come up or you might start thinking like you're behind or whatever it, it could just be a a a signal for you to look within and be like okay well what is it that i need to be doing now to get myself to where they are um and then also then just send them a load of love and and celebrate with them because it does it just it, it raises your vibration doesn't it it makes you feel good like you said celebrating with other people you kind of feel their success for them you feel their joy for them and i think that's such a nice feeling because as well when it's your time you want other people to be cheering you on and and feeling that success and joy for you as well
1: oh massively massively like there's never been a point where i can look back on and say i wasn't happy for my friends and i think that's something in which is very rare because a lot of people they act I don't want to obviously speak on everyone else, but I know, uh, you can, you can kind of see from a distance when people aren't, you can see when people aren't good for each other in terms of relationships. But I think there's also that term in friendship as well. And I feel like a lot of people, you might have exactly the same views on things. You might enjoy the same things, but in terms of matching up on an emotional level with your friends, if people aren't good for you, you shouldn't, you should, not cut them off, cause obviously it might be quite difficult, but almost think about the interactions in which you're having with them, because you might actually find that some of the people that you thought were good for you before may not be good for the person you are now. And I think that's also a journey that people are on And I think that's what we always tend to forget is I'm someone who suffers from it a lot in which I try and keep everyone happy. And you can't keep everyone happy mm-hmm. and yourself happy and <laughs> achieve all your goals and do everything you do. It's impossible. I'll, unless you're an octopus uh, who, and you're awake 24 hours a day, there isn't enough time in the day to get those things done.
0: Yeah. And I think also just your energy, like, you know, you've got to really think about where you want to put your energy and one, you've got to make sure it's going into yourself because if you can't be putting that energy into yourself and making sure that you're happy and well, um, then you're not going to be able to help other people the, the way that you want to anyway. But then also I think it's about prioritising um friendships that you know are kind of energy givers instead of drainers i think if you find that you're around people um or situations that are draining your energy it's like a signal for you to be like okay maybe this is something that you don't necessarily have to cut off like like you were saying but it's something that you can put to the bottom of your priority list like it's maybe something that you don't put as much energy into and you start focusing more of your other energy into the people that are bringing you know um Positive and and happy energy into your life.
1: Oh no, massively! And it's just when you start to realise the people you might actually be surprised at the people that come into your life when you open yourself up like that as well. Like I was very much someone is if someone doesn't have the same views as me, if someone doesn't think the same as me, if they sorry to say if they support certain football teams, like <laughs> you can't be close even. To, nah, but you you kind of you almost surprise yourself with the relationships that you can build from It's a prime example. It's one of the guys that I used to live with in the uh, flat I was in previously. He, me and him are the two most polar opposite people. He likes rugby. I like football. He is quite posh and well-spoken. And he always calls me chubby little mate. And, um, <laughs> but he calls me, he sort of calls me the bald road man or whatever he wants to call me on that day. And uh, I find it quite entertaining because it's like, we should not be made there is no way like we wouldn't have even crossed paths at any point but you put those two people in the room you get them having a conversation and you can be so shocked and surprised in a good way because it's like the way in which you the way in which you speak is almost so much more open because you're not afraid because you're like this person isn't going to care because someone who's completely different to me so you almost speak on like a, a, a completely stripped back version where you're not trying to play a role you're not trying to impress them because you're like in a sense you're like well i don't even know how to impress this person it's so like different from me but then you you get to a point you're like right i kind of think like that and oh i don't think like that But then you i start to think them thinking, well, why do you think like that and i don't it's then about understanding people and then that's the biggest thing for me, it's just like I've been massive on like trying to sort of what's the right way to say it, like trying to understand people who are outside of my comfort zone. Like I'm massive on it is some of my friends are some like if you went across my group of friends, it is the most diverse group of people. I'm talking different backgrounds from different cities, from different places, different views. And that has helped me develop as a person in myself. And I know that sounds very selfish, but I think surround yourself with people who aren't all the same. You don't want to be surrounded by very, like, I call it soldiers, and not in like a gang town or anything like that, but in terms of like, people would just follow each other and they all dress the same. Mm. It's like, do you remember that meme that went about with those four guys that were dressed out on the night out? Yeah. That, that is a prime example of everyone dressing the same, looking the same. If you want to be like that, that's fine but you will never develop in yourself. You will never understand anyone else. you'll be a very, we call it, where I went to uni was in, like, in Kent and there was a lot of small towns around there. And we call it small town mentality where you don't leave your local area and you don't speak to people outside of there. And that is the most petrifying. You you never want to go out of your comfort zone. You never want to explore what's out there. Like, that, that is more scary for me than to put myself in an uncomfortable situation. Like, the fear of the unknown isn't what like scares me it's more the, the fear of saying no and the guilt and the what if eating me alive that's like that would that would yeah. eat me alive. I, I know that sounds quite weird and quite an odd way no. of putting it but like it's just Not like for all. me I, I just get like oh my god like what if i did that and what if this and what if that and that eats me up so much more
0: Yeah. No, I honestly resonate with everything you've just said. Um, That scared the life out of me, Um, staying in my hometown, staying around the same people and just basically like never leaving and understanding like the way other people live and, um, you know, understanding other people's cultures, other people's backgrounds and like, I don't know, just getting to know getting to know the world outside of the world that I grew up in. Um, and I think that openness, I love that word. Openness is something that I feel just, it it adds so much depth and growth to you as a person, because if you're open to exploring new things, you're open to trying new things, you're open to meeting new people, you're open to, you know, receiving from different people. And I think it just, it does, it, it develops you as a person. Um, And I think emotionally as well, because, you know, I think you end up becoming a lot more compassionate. You end up learning to empathize with others and you end up learning how to communicate with others. And for me, when I went travel, I think uni was a big part of that because I started to mix with other people and from other backgrounds. But then the the second part was when I, I went traveling because it was literally like, you know, I was I was going here, there and everywhere, meeting people from all over the world and then also people of different ages. So, you know, you end up having friends, like one, and even some of the work that I do now, like some of my friends that I've got, like genuine close friends are uh, in the fifties, forties and fifties, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, and you know, it it doesn't, like you said, like when you were saying about before, about you, um, your friend that you have and on paper, it wouldn't make sense to put you together as friends. But like, why does it, you know, when you think about it, why does it have to make sense? Like, if you connect with someone on an emotional level and you have similar values to them and you feel like you can be open with them, then, of course, a beautiful friendship is going to emerge from that.
1: No, massively. And I think it's like, it's like you said there, like, we spoke about it before about being conditioned. We are conditioned mm. to kind of look at our friendships and our relationships, and say, right, if you're in that bracket of 18 to 34, you don't really go out from that. And if you are in a relationship, some people, they call it the five-year rule, whatever, whatever is, you can only be with someone who is this age if you are that age. And obviously, yeah. there's certain like caveats to that because of people's age, but where you are at that time as a person, you may be 25 years old, but I know some 25-year-olds that are literally kids, but then I also Mm -hmm. know some 25 year olds who are some of the most mature and clued up people emotionally that I've ever met. So I'm with you. There isn't this blueprint. There isn't this way of saying, oh, I know how I feel. and I know how you feel. There isn't none of that. And I think people need to like, we've said it before, just appreciate. And I think that, that, that word appreciate is something which I live by is appreciate everything. It's just like, I know this sounds crazy, but like to see, look back on my life where I was a year ago and to look now, like I, I, I often do it. I go with my camera roll, I go with my LinkedIn, I look at what I was tweeting. I was like, what the hell were you going on about me? You was going through some tough times. Yeah. <laughs> um, but then I also look at I look at it and I almost find it enjoyable because it makes you appreciate where you are now. And I think that that is the clue of it is, don't think I can't be friends with this person because of X, or I can't associate my per- myself with this person because of X. Put yourselves into those uncomfortable conversations. Like, I've got friends who both have completely different, and I mean completely different political views. Like, you, the subjects of politics cannot happen around them because it turns into an argument. But. Hmm you put them in a social situation where they're not and they get on like a house on fire. So it's like, if if they weren't up for just stripping everything back and just getting to know each other on a, on a personal level like that, that's a friendship that couldn't have happened. Just because of yeah. the way in which we've been conditioned to say, if you don't see things how I see things, we can't be friends. That, we're so like it, that word condition. It really does. That like, it is a big part of being being an adult, and that's the thing for me. It's just like when you're going through school and everything else, and it's just like I can only have certain friends, and like it makes me feel very uncomfortable when. Um, it's like I find people at work um, who, on the on paper again, I shouldn't be friends with, but they're some of the funniest people, and I love spending my day to day with them, but we've all been conditioned to kind of say, well, technically you guys shouldn't really be mates and you shouldn't really match up like that. But it's about breaking those conditions and breaking those sort of stigmas and everything else. And you feel so much mm-hmm. better when you, you put yourself in those uncomfortable situations, like I said.
0: Yeah. Cause it's, it's a very limiting way of seeing the world and seeing things, isn't it? Like, you know, saying I can't do this, I shouldn't be doing this. Um, just because of, outside opinions or beliefs and um, so i think when you break yourself away from those like limits and the conditions um you know you can really open yourself up to forming some very beautiful connections some very beautiful friendships um and also doing things that maybe you never thought you would do um which is is great like if i think about my life now uh, the amount of connections i've built online, um, like, i.e. this one, you know, just from having simple conversations, it did, didn't really make sense at first why we're speaking. I guess we spoke about football, but then, you know, we ended up having a chat about mental health, you know, yeah, it goes yeah. from football to but, mental health. But like, if I if I just saw your message and was like, why is he messaging me and then just ignored it? Do you know what I mean? It's like, this could have never happened. So, it's, when it's you a, think about it- It's the like,
1: same from the other way around. It's just like, a lot of people, they see, social media as a way in which to promote their businesses like not to sugarcoat it to kind of for sexual endeavors and whatever it may be but you can build some really meaningful connections on there like i almost see back like we said about a pair of us it's that we had a conversation based around football but you could i could i looked at your page and you was a mental health advocate and you were what I found really odd was that you wasn't speaking to help, just help the people there on that's on a very one dimensional basis is you were having conversations that meant something to a number of people. I think that's the most important thing here is that if you're going to be having these conversations, it's don't think about how it helped you all the time. It's like, how can I now help the next person? It's because everyone suffers in different ways. I feel like, that conversation of I having football, I remember it was probably one of the biggest turning points of what was going on with me. And kind of, we had a conversation about football, but then the deeper meaning of that was, I saw what in, what you were doing with mental health and I found it admirable. Like I said at the start, it's build a foundation of good people around you, but don't think about it as a one-way give. And I, you said it, it's just like, when you receive, give back. And I think that's such an important tool to use.
0: Yeah, and and also give back with without intention. Some well, or check your intention because I think um, one thing that I am working on at the moment is, um, and this probably comes down to my people pre people pleaser driver is that sometimes when I was given before, it was because I had an expectation on the other side of it. So it was like you know. I was doing things because I would either want people to like me or um, I was worried about certain things. Um, so when it comes to, to giving, I think we always need to give with the right intention and make sure that we haven't got some kind of expectation on the other side of it. It's just she just giving from, you know, from pure <laughs> I know it sounds
1: like, <laughs> I know it sounds very cliche when you say that, but it's so true. It's like, if you are giving to receive, you'll never appreciate what you're given and you will never appreciate what someone gives back. And it's like the smallest part of mm-hmm. give from someone. It could be, it could be something as simple as a, well done, make them so proud of you. Like you don't know that the power that may have for that person. They could be in the dumps. Like I've suffered from like suicidal thoughts and everything else. And I think the biggest thing from those sorts of situations is like, You don't know what's going to get you out of that and that's the most scary thing for me it's just like i found myself in a rut that i couldn't really get myself out of and it was the most simple things that took me out it was my friends messaging me and being like i haven't heard from you in a while i'm just checking in and because at the time you feel like Mm -hmm. no one cares you feel like you're on your own even though you're not i know a lot of the time people might be on their own but it was such a, a weird time for me because i was almost trying to tell myself and validate the way i was feeling i would say um by saying oh my friends aren't here for me i z i'm on my own blah 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 you you're almost convincing yourself to think in a negative way mm. and that's a scary thing is once you get into that sort of bad habit it is really hard to get out of but once you are out like, I, I'd say that's probably the hardest thing to get out. Like, kind of, like that, those were some of the hardest conversations I had to have with myself. I had to have them with my mom. Like, I had to literally sit my mom down and be like, I, like, I know I kind of need help, but I'm not sure where to get it. And I'm not sure what I need. But I know, like, in myself, I'm not right. Um, and it was obviously a very traumatizing time for her as well. But I was just, I come out the other side proud of myself because those are the most difficult conversations to have And you're almost like, you come out and you're like, oh, well, a year ago, I thought that I weren't going to be okay in a month. And we're now a year on from that. It's each pigeon step. Like we say, don't call it a little win. We'll call it a win along the way. And each win along the way really helps.
0: Yeah. And I think um, what you said then about your friends reaching out and stuff, it's like those little glimmers of hope. Because I think sometimes when we're so deep in our thoughts and so deep in our darkness in a sense and we can't really see the light around us and you know those messages or just that support or even if people don't intentionally do it so like you know even if they don't realize you're going through a hard time but someone reaches out just because they want to catch up and grab a coffee or they just want to I don't know they ring you out the blue or something those little moments I think remind you that you aren't alone and I think it's about allowing yourself to see that as well, because sometimes we, we're receiving, receiving support without realizing we are, do you know what I mean? So like, but because we're in the mindset of that, like not feeling okay, you're in the mindset of, um, not really being able to see the good around you. We miss those little things. So I think trying to intentionally, um, notice that is something that could be really important and could really help you. So that's why I always write my little receiving list. <laughs>
1: yeah, no, like, I think that's something I might have to take on board as well, it seems like a, a good tool because I always like to say that, like, for me, like flying, like obviously something that you've spoken about, but I'm getting to fly to WrestleMania and shoot a load of content there, which I know might seem weird for a guy in his 20s to be doing, but it's actually, like for me to be a year on from the place in which I was at. So like a year ago, I got signed off work for my mental health to then be where I am today. I'm so proud of myself. And I think everyone should be proud of when you, when you look back and you say, and it's like writing your list of winners and writing your list of receiving, writing the list of get, whatever it may be, it's like, appreciate it all. I think that's something in which I would take away from this podcast as well. And I think, for example, I think a lot of people, they listen to podcasts and they think that both people on there know exactly what they're talking about and they're experts. I'll be the first to put my hands up and say I'm not an expert. Um, But I think almost, like I said, everyone's on their own journey. And I think I appreciate that journey. Yeah,
0: yeah. I think it's the biggest reminder or the biggest takeaway from from what we've been talking about really is about um, sometimes just stepping away from a situation or stepping away from, however you're feeling at that present moment and kind of connecting back to yourself. Um, and whether that's like, you know, you've been in a relationship that's been going sour and, or, you know, you're around friends and you, like you said before, you're not sure why you're around these people or, um, you're struggling with with your mental health. It's about trying to take that step back and looking at why these things might be, um, affecting you and then what you can do going forward and um, but yeah I think you know we've covered so much today and um, it's been really great I feel like we could talk for for hours and hours and um, so just before um, we head off I've got two questions for you and um, so the first one is what is something that you love about yourself
1: something which I love about myself is how considerate I am to my friends, like I feel like it's something which I pride myself on is that if you ask any of my friends who would be a person that they could count on when times got really tough, I'd say the most of them would probably say me um, in some sort of way. And I think that's very important because it's, like you said, it's not always about receiving or giving. It's about the both. If you're gonna be someone who expects to receive help from people, you should also kind of open yourself up to helping others so, yeah, that's something that I, I like about myself is um, how considerate I am. That I'm, I'm always there for my friends when they need it.
0: I love that. Um, and I love how quickly you answered because yeah. sometimes people really struggle to, to think about something. But the whole point of the question is to, you know, um, help people really feel comfortable in saying something that they love about themselves because we should. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, no. um, but, yeah, and then the last, the last question is just something that you're grateful for.
1: Uh, I'm grateful for the friends in which I've got over the years, Um, whether they're new or old, I feel like every single friendship you make is for a reason that you connect on some sort of level. So I'm just appreciative of having great friends who, when the times got really tough for me, they managed to pull me out. And I hope that they know that if the tables were turned, that I would be pulling them out the mud as well. Amazing. I love that
0: and thank you so so much for um you know sharing your journey and spending your time with me today um I know that a lot of people will take some really amazing uh, points from you know what we've discussed today um and I always thank people for you know coming on here and being so vulnerable because um You know like we said we want to break down these stigmas we want to um you know show that it's okay to be vulnerable okay to talk about your emotions especially for men so i do really really appreciate it thank you
1: thank you so much for having me on it's been a pleasure beck
0: hey guys usually this would be the time for ask the coach but a little life update i've had a lot going on recently so i haven't had time to do it but Next time, we have got the wonderful John joining us. And he is currently doing his PhD in um, psychology and all to do with narcissism. So we're going to be discussing all about the big five personality traits and going into some depth about narcissism and actually some of the um, stigmas around narcissism as well. So if you do have any Ask the Coach questions around this topic please send them in and me and John will be discussing that on the next episode thank you for listening if you enjoyed this episode I would really appreciate it if you shared it and click the follow button for more content and to send in your ask the coach questions you can find me on instagram at voyagemcr thank you